God, we're here to meet with you. And Father, we just thank you. You are here. You are here. Thank you for your presence with us, God. We're so grateful. And Father, right now, we just put our attention on you. We lay aside distractions. We focus on you. And God, we just ask you to speak to each and every one of us by your spirit today, God. Father, right now, we open our hearts to hear. We lean into you. We say, speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right, well, we are continuing this series. She's off to boot camp because we are committed to being women who learn how to navigate life well, who realize that we live in a battle, the Bible tells us, a battle that rages between the spirit and the flesh. And God has created us to live according to the spirit. But we live in these human fleshly bodies. So every day the choice is ours. Are we going to choose to live according to the spirit or are we going to choose to give in to our flesh and live according to the flesh? The choice is ours. So we've been talking about so many different things throughout this season to help us navigate that journey that we walk every day. And Last week, we started talking about some of the things that are in our battlefield, some of the landmines, the traps, the sinkholes that are out there so that we don't just walk aimlessly, but we recognize them. We're alert and aware so that we don't fall into those things. We don't trip into those traps that are out there for us. And so last week, we talked about the trap of offense. And we saw how the enemy sets traps of offense before us. He puts out the bait, hoping that we will take the bait and then be captured and held captive by offenses. And we talked about how it just so greatly impacts our lives and others around us when we do that, when we step into those things, when we take that bait. So if you weren't here last week, I just really encourage you to listen to that message online because the opportunities for offenses are there every day for all of us. So we've got to learn how to recognize them so that we don't step into those traps, right? Right. Right? Okay. All right, today we're going to talk about another trap that's out there that we need to be aware of. And it's a trap that I think especially as women we need to be aware of. And it's the trap of insecurity. And you know, the Bible gives us a very vivid example of a life that was consumed with insecurity. And we see a life that clearly illustrates the effects of insecurity in the life of Saul. And his story unfolds in 1 Samuel, really in 1 Samuel starting in chapter 9 all the way through the end of the book uh, in chapter 31. And let me just give you a little bit of background. Here the people, they were wanting a king. They were begging for a king. And so God says, all right, you want a king? You'll get a king. So God leads Samuel, the priest, to Saul, and he tells him this is going to be the king. 
And so when Samuel has his very first conversation with Saul, he begins to allude to this fact without coming out and telling him directly. But he makes comments to him, letting him know that, that there is something significant for his life. And Saul's response to him is basically, why are you talking to me like this? I'm a nobody. Don't you know? I'm a nobody. My family, we're nobodies. Why would you even be talking to me like this? That's how he responds to Samuel. And then God directs Samuel, the priest, to anoint Saul as king. And in 1 Samuel 10, and in verse 1, it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Basically, he's saying, it has nothing to do with you. The Lord has chosen you. The Lord is anointing you. And then Samuel goes on for the next seven verses to tell Saul all of these things that he would encounter. And he tells him how the Spirit of God is going to come upon him. And he's beginning to go easy for you to say. He's going to begin to <laughs> prophesy, and God's going to use him and pour his spirit through him. And he tells him that God is with him. God's going to do great things through him. And then in verse 9, after he tells him all of these things, so it was when he had turned his back to go from Saul, Samuel, I'm sorry, when they had finished this conversation and Saul's walking away, God gave him another heart. And all of those signs came to pass that day. Everything that Samuel had just told Saul began to happen right then, that quickly. He began to, to see God doing the things that, that Samuel said were going to happen. He encountered the people that he was told he was going to encounter. The Spirit of God came upon him, gave him a new heart. It says that he began to prophesy. He, all of these things began unfolding right away. He had this amazing encounter with God. The promises were unfolding before his eyes. And then Samuel went before Israel to reveal and to present to them their king. And all the tribes of Israel were gathered, and he's about to let them know, okay, you wanted a king? Here he is. Da-da-da-da! Where's Saul? Where is he? Where did he go? They couldn't find him anywhere. He wasn't there. He's about to present him as the king, and he's nowhere to be found. Well, come to find out, he was hiding. And 1 Samuel 10, 22 tells us that he was hiding in with the equipment. Some translations say in with the baggage. He was hiding. They had to go pull him out of hiding. Wow, he had just had this encounter with God. All these promises of these things were told to him that God's spirit was on him. God was with him. God was going to use him. God came upon him in a miraculous way, gave him a new heart. He began to prophesy. He's seen all this stuff happen. And yet, even though all of these things are happening right before his eyes, he's in with the equipment, hiding? Wow. <laughs> 
His insecurities were revealed in his hiding. What is insecurity, literally, by definition? Insecurity is a lack of confidence or assurance. By definition, that's what insecurity means. If you were at Chick Connection earlier this season, back in the fall, we did a study on hope. And we saw that hope literally means the confident expectation and confident assurance of God's promises. God wants us to live with that confident assurance in him. But usually, when we think of insecurity, we think of a lack of self-confidence, don't we? But you know what? Insecurity is truly a lack of God confidence. And when we try to gain confidence in self, it shifts our confidence away from God. Saul was lacking that confident assurance of what God said he was going to do and what God was already starting to do. Saul just couldn't get his head around it. He couldn't get his head out of the thinking that I'm a nobody. And he did not have the confident assurance. He didn't believe God. God told him all these things, yet he still didn't believe God because his eyes were on himself, thinking that he was a nobody. But security, by definition, literally means freedom from danger and anxiety, safety, protection, and confidence. You see, in God, we can have that kind of security, that safety, that protection, confidence of his word, of his promises to us. See, when God speaks to us, he gives us his promises, his word, and we can be completely secure in them, completely, confidently assured that these promises are going to come to pass in our lives. The Bible says he is not a man. He is God, and he is incapable of lying. We can have total, complete confidence when he speaks to us that he will accomplish what his word says. If we don't become secure in what God says to us and what God says about us, we will live an insecure life and we will produce the fruit of insecurity in every area of our lives. God's word to Saul was that he was going to be king, was that he was with him, that his spirit was in him, he was going to use him. That's what God's word was to Saul. What's God's word to us? What's God's word to you? This word is full of his promises to us. It tells us that we've been handcrafted by him. It tells us that we've been made in his image, in his likeness, that we've been made to fulfill his promises. It tells us that he's equipped us for every good work. It tells us that he is our strength. It tells us that he's with us every moment, that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. It tells us that he'll give us wisdom that we need in every situation. It tells us that he'll fill our mouth with the words in each situation that we encounter in life. This is his word to us. Are we willing to believe his word, to have confidence in his word? Or... Are we insecure like Saul, 
Are we doubting and questioning God's word to us? He wants us to have security in what he says to us. In our situations in life, in the things that he's called us to do, the things that he's put us here on this earth to do. So what has he called you to do? What is that job that you're in? What is that business that you might own? You don't need to be insecure. God's given you promises. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. He'll bless all that you set your hand to. Do you believe him? He wants to do it in and through your life. As a mom, you don't need to be insecure. Maybe you have days that you feel like you don't know what you're doing. His word is here to help you. He wants to give you wisdom in every situation. What about as a wife? Anybody ever feel like you need a little help as a wife? (laughs) He wants to give us wisdom to know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, when to say it, when not to say it. His word is full of wisdom for us. He doesn't want us to go through life insecure, wondering what to do, unstable. He wants us to have security, confidence in him. So I want us to think this morning, by looking at the life of Saul, about the fruit of an insecure life. You see, the fruit of an insecure life is very evident throughout the 42-year reign of King Saul. And we're going to see some of the things that insecurity causes this morning, okay? First thing that insecurity causes, we already mentioned it. Where was Saul when they went to introduce him as king? Insecurity causes us to hide. Saul believed that he was a nobody, that God wouldn't choose him to be king. He didn't believe God's promises to him, and it caused him to go into hiding. Anybody ever felt like you've gone into hiding? As a young girl, I believed that I was a nobody. I believed that nobody would want me to talk to them, even say hello to them, because I was such a nobody. Why would they want me to say hello to them? I'm a nobody. Why would they want me to even look at them? I'm a nobody. I honestly had these thoughts in my head and believed that. And I lived in hiding with my eyes down to the ground, never talking to anybody and never looking at anybody because I hadn't yet come to believe the truth of God's word that his spirit is in me, that he wants to pour his spirit through me, that he wants to shine through me and show his love and his goodness and his kindness through me. And he can't do that when I'm walking around like this. Once I believed God's word, it changed everything in my life. And I will never forget the day that God whispered to my heart that shyness Because, you see, I thought it was just shyness, and I would hide it behind that. Well, that's just my personality. I'm shy. But God whispered to my heart that shyness was selfishness. 
And of course, I argued with God, what do you mean? Arrogance is selfishness. Shyness is the opposite of arrogance. This is like a pure and holy thing or something. I know, God, it's not a bad thing. I just know it. He said, no, when you're shy, where are your eyes? And I had to stop and realize, wow, right here. My eyes are right here. Nobody wants me to say anything to them because I'm a nobody. What would they think of me? And the focus was right here. And I had to realize, wow, that is selfishness. And the light bulb went off. And the truth of God's word was revealed in my heart. And it set me free and changed my life forever. You see, we will live in hiding until we believe the truth of what God's word says. We'll live in insecurity until we believe what he has to say to us. Insecurity will also cause impatience. Did you know that? You may have never thought of that one before. But in 1 Samuel chapter 13, you see Samuel had given Saul a word from God with instructions of what he was to do when he got to Gilgal. And Saul got there, but Samuel wasn't there yet. And what he had told him is, when you get to Gilgal, I'm going to meet you there, and I'm going to offer burnt offerings. Well, Saul gets there, and Samuel's not there yet. And Saul's like, well, I'm here. Where is he? I'll just got to do this myself. And he jumped in and just did it himself because he became impatient. He took matters in his own hands and ended up disobeying God. Anyone ever take matters into your own hands? Yes. (laughs) We can have a tendency to do that. We can have a tendency to think that God just needs a little bit of our help, that God just got stuck somewhere along the way, got delayed, or we'll just jump in and help him, when the reality is that we're just too busy, too anxious to stop, and listen and get direction from God or obey what he's already told us to, so often we just feel like we don't have time to stop and hear what God is saying in this situation. What does he want me to do? Okay, maybe it's not unfolding the way I thought it was going to. Should I just jump in? Or God, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? And we get so busy and on such a fast track in life that we just jump in and we do things taking charge, taking control, and sometimes disobeying what God's word says, what his direction to us would have been, and we become impatient and make a mess of things. But you know what? When we're secure in what God says, in what his promises are, Did you realize that it causes us to become really patient? Even when our personality is not a patient personality, when we're secure in God's word, it causes us to become really patient because we have this overwhelming confidence and assurance that, well, God said it. He's going to do it. I don't have to take it into my own hands. I don't have to take charge. He's God. I'm going to let him do it. Assurance brings that patience. That insecurity, that doubting God, causes us to be impatient and take matters into our own hands. 
His timing is perfect. And when we believe his word, when we're confident in him, we can sit back and say, okay, God, I trust you. Your timing's perfect. You know exactly what you're doing. Another thing insecurity causes is defensiveness. It leads us to have an unteachable heart. So as we just talked about, Saul messed up. He got jumped in, got ahead of things, did things on his own that God wasn't leading him to do. He disobeyed God. And Samuel came to confront him. Does anyone here like to be confronted when you mess up? No, of course not. But how we respond will reveal any insecurity in our hearts as it did, again, with Saul. Samuel confronted him. And what did Saul do? How did he respond? He became very defensive. He blamed Samuel. Well, you weren't here. You weren't here. And, and, I, and then he put a spiritual spin on it. Well, I, I just want, was trying to seek God. And he was very, very defensive. When, when, when we're insecure, we're not teachable. We're defensive. We won't take responsibility for our behavior. And we try to blame others. Why do we do that? You know what it boils down to? Because we don't want to look bad. Remember, insecurity that lack of confidence in God always takes our eyes off of God and puts our eyes right here on ourselves. Insecurity always makes things about me. And if it's about me, then we're going to become defensive and blame others. And we become unteachable. We don't have soft hearts where we can receive correction or make adjustments when necessary. It becomes all about me, how I'll look, what will people think of me. But on the flip side, when we're secure, when we're totally confident of God's love for us no matter what, you know what happens when we make mistakes? We readily admit them. We easily apologize. And we quickly run to God to repent and to make that adjustment because we're so confident that he loves us. We know he loves us no matter what. When we're confident of that, it brings security in our lives. It keeps us from being insecure. Another thing insecurity causes is pride and self-promotion. In 1 Samuel chapters 14 and 15, and I know we're not taking time to read all of these verses today. There's just too many, but I encourage you to, when you have time, go back and read the story of Saul's life in 1 Samuel. But in chapters 14 and 15, we see that Samuel, over and over again, he just experienced incredible victory in battles. Everywhere he turned, his army was facing victories in battles. It was awesome. It was as, as if Saul was just completely invincible. Victory after victory after victory. And then God gives him some very specific instructions when he's heading into battle at Amalek. And... So he's going in, he's leading his battle in, and Saul decides 
that he's going to follow most of God's instructions, but not all. And he thinks he should make a few exceptions and just adjust it a little because, you know, after all, he's had all these victories in battle. He probably knows a little bit better than God because he's right there. He's hands-on. He knows what's happening. And so he's going to make just a couple of adjustments in God's plan. And he actually did things that would make him look better in people's eyes. Those were the adjustments that he made. And we see pride demonstrated in Saul's life. And so in this battle, instead of doing exactly what God had told him, he does some things to make him look great. And then they still win the victory. He thinks everything's great. And then Samuel comes to talk to him. But Samuel can't find him anywhere. Where is Saul? Oh, he's off building a monument to himself. Wow. His pride caused him to become self-promoting to want everyone else's approval, to want everyone else's adoration, want everyone else to think he was so great. He was wanting others to pat him on the back, tell him how wonderful he was. And he was telling others, look what I did. I obeyed God completely. When he didn't obey God completely. You see, insecurity will bring us to a place of deception where we're not seeing things clearly. He was trying to get approval from others. He was promoting himself, yet he was deceived. You know, when we're insecure, when our confidence is not tied around God, watch what happens. If our confidence is not tied around God, our confidence is generally looking right here for that security, for that confidence. So then, when there are successes in life, when things go really well and there's victories in life, what happens? We tend to think that we did it. We tend to think, oh, aren't I great? Didn't I do a great job? God must be so proud of me, and you should be too. <laughs> Pride comes in when our focus is right here. And insecure people often come across as proud, as arrogant, because they've turned it into a self-confident issue rather than a God-confidence issue. But you see, when we're secure in God, when our confidence is totally wrapped around him, you know what happens? We know that everything we have, everything great that happens in life, every success is only because of him. It is truly what he's done, not because of us. It's truly because of his grace and his love in our lives. And there's nothing that we can do to earn that. It's all because of him. And we end up living life with a pure humility 
that is so attractive, that draws people to him, rather than that self-confident pride that ends up repelling people. And as we're repelling people from us, we end up repelling people from God. He's in us. He wants to show off through us. If we could just get us out of the way, he can be seen. When things go well in our lives, it's all because of God. When we have that confidence in him, we can say that. We know that. That's the reality. We have a victory. We say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you are doing. It's all because of him. And when there's days that are rough, we say, God, my life's in your hands. I trust you completely. It's all about you no matter what's going on. I want you to be seen in the great things, and I want you to be seen in the rough days, too, that I am trusting you. And that's how we let him pour through us and be seen through us. So we've got to be so careful that we don't allow insecurity to bring pride and self-promotion into our lives. Another thing that insecurity can cause in our lives is jealousy and even hatred. You know, here David comes in to the picture in Saul's life, and David's been selected and anointed by God as the next king, although he hasn't actually taken that place yet. He's just been chosen, and Saul doesn't know that. But it says that the Spirit of God rests on David and the Spirit of God leaves Saul, that God became so angry with Saul for how he was approaching things, for, for disobeying him, for sinning against him in leading people. And so it says that the Spirit of God came upon David and left Saul. And it says that a tormenting spirit came on Saul. And so they were trying to find something to soothe him when he would feel tormented. And they heard about David, who beautifully played his harp. And so they called David in, and David began to play his harp for Saul when he was tormented, and it brought peace to him. And Saul just fell in love with David, and he loved having David around and thought David was the greatest thing. And so David was there and playing his harp, and then one day when, the, when Saul's army is at battle against the Philistines, David goes out to take food to his brothers and the soldiers out there, and he sees what's going on out there. And there's the Philistine army, but there's this one guy named Goliath who's really, really, really big. And he's threatening all the army, and the army's all shaking and cowering because they're all afraid of him. And David comes back to Saul, and he's like, I could take that guy. Saul's like, come now. Come now, David, you're a little shepherd. And he says, yeah. And as I've been out taking care of my sheep for years, this is what I do. I'll encounter bears by myself. I take them out. I'll encounter lions. They're coming after my sheep. I'll take them out. He says, I can take that guy, no problem. So Saul's thinking, wow, all right. So David goes out, and he, Saul tries to put his armor on him, and he just weighs him down. He's like, I'm not used to wearing armor. I can't do that. Just give me my slingshot and the smooth stones. I'm on my way. And he goes, and first shot, he nails Goliath in the head, 
knocks him out, cuts his head off, takes it back, and Saul is so impressed. He's like, wow, I love this guy. This is awesome. And so they're celebrating, and he, David just found such favor with Saul, and Saul puts him over his army. He's like, this guy's great. And they head back to camp. And then as they're heading back home, 1 Samuel 18, verse 7 says that all the women gathered to welcome them home. And they danced and they sang. And this is what they sang. Saul has slain his thousands. David his ten thousands. Saul has slain his thousands. David his ten thousands. How do you think that went over? <laughs> and Saul's hearing this. Thousands. Ten thousands, thousands, ten thousands. And he begins to compare. He begins to look at the difference. He begins to compare and listening to what others are saying. And that comparison brings jealousy. Insecurity will always cause us to compare ourselves to others. And comparison produces jealousy. And Saul's jealousy increased and increased until it turned into hatred. And the Bible says that for the remainder of Saul's years, the remainder of his life, and he lived to be 72 years old, for the remainder of all of his days, he was driven by this incredible, intense hatred toward David. He constantly kept an eye on him. He assigned others to keep an eye on him. He set out to kill him every opportunity he could find. He commissioned armies to hunt David down and kill him. His hatred toward David was infused into others, into those armies. We've got to be so careful. Insecurity will cause us to become, to compare. It'll cause us to become jealous. It'll evolve into hatred. Hatred will uh, be contagious to others and spill over into others' lives. What are we spilling over into others' lives? We've got to be so careful. Insecurity. Focus here focus that's shifted off of God. Insecurity will always cause us to compare ourselves with others. Well, I don't know if I should really get involved in that because, well, I like to do it, but there's, surely there's people that are far more gifted than I am. Well, they're probably sitting back saying the same thing. And think about it for a minute. Think how silly that is. Do you think God put gifts in you and said, well, I'm just going to have you sit on the sidelines because the ones that I put more gifts in, I'm going to use them and then you'll just kind of be the backup plan. Does that sound like God? No, of course not. He puts gifts, talents in all of us because he wants to use all of us. We can't sit back comparing ourselves to others. Well, I don't know if I could do it like she can. Of course you can't. That's why God wants to use you. Because you'll do it differently. You'll bring your peace. She'll bring her peace. Someone else brings their peace. We do it together and become a reflection of God. 
We've got to be so careful not to compare. We do it in the littlest of things. Well, I don't really know what to wear to that event. And what if people are dressed up? Well, what if they're casual? And if they're dressed up, I want to be dressed up. And if they're casual, I want to be casual. And I don't want to stick out. And what should I wear? What should I wear? And then we spend weeks, like, fretting over it. And then we decide what we're going to wear. And we show up. And then the first thing we do, oh, scan the room, scan the room. Are they dressed up? Are they casual? Are they, do I fit in? What? And we make our assessment of whether or not we're okay by scanning the room and seeing what everyone else is wearing to make sure we fit in. And if we feel like, oh, I dressed perfectly, I picked the right thing, that self-confidence kicks in, that little bit of pride kicks in. Or if we're like, oh, I'm way casual and everybody's all dressed up, and then that lack of self-confidence kicks in. Oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, I'm so ugly. You know the thoughts. <laughs> and then we begin to look at others, how they're dressed. And the, then that comparison turns into jealousy. And oh, why didn't I dress like her? And oh, she's so beautiful. I'm so ugly. Why did I pick this? <laughs> you see, insecurity is always found where the focus is on self. It might be good, and it might be bad feelings about self. If it's good feelings about self, it will lead us to pride. And pride comes before the fall. So if we're focused on self, one minute we might be feeling great, but then the next minute, there's always somebody that just might have a better outfit, that just might look better, that might seem more gifted. And then we're, oh, I'm a loser again. Oh, I'm not so bad. Oh, I'm a loser again. You see, when we get the focus on self, it positions us to live a roller coaster of insecurity. We might think, oh, I'm so confident because I'm doing good. I just had a great victory. I had a great success. I look good. I have a great new outfit, whatever the case may be. And, and uh, we think we're so self-confident. Yes, self-confidence is the problem. We need to have God confidence because self-confidence will be knocked down in a moment if we're not careful. Now, am I saying that we shouldn't take care of ourselves, that we shouldn't look our best, that we shouldn't take care of this body, this temple that we live in? Absolutely not. Of course we need to. But this is where the fine line is. Where's our focus? Is that the focus of our lives? Is that the focus where we're focusing on self to gain our confidence? Or are we focusing on God getting our confidence from him. Where is our confidence coming from? Some good questions to ask ourselves. Insecurity keeps our eyes on self. Security keeps our eyes on God. Security knows it's not about me. But God, what do you want to do through me? God, you put this gift in me. How do you want to use it today? God, when I show up at that event today, I'm not sure exactly how I'm supposed to dress, but I'm just, I'm going to dress my best and I'm going to show up to be used by you. God, what do you want to do? 
When we walk through that door, God, show me someone you want me to reach out to, someone you want me to encourage. Are we making our focus about him or about us? It's the difference between confidence, security, versus insecurity. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Ladies' comparison is not wise. And I go as far as to say comparison is fatal. If we live a life of constant comparison, it will end up destroying our life as it did in Saul's life. In the final battle scene of Saul's life, we can read about it in chapter 31 of 1 Samuel. <clears throat> and it tells us that Saul took his own sword and fell on it. And when the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men died together the same day. Wow. You see, King Saul had the honor of being Israel's first king. The Bible says he looked like royalty. He was tall, he was handsome, he just looked noble. On the outside, it looked like he was the perfect choice, like he had it all together. And you know, he wasn't a wicked man. He wasn't an evil man. God chose him. God anointed him to be king. And if you read the story of his life, even through all his mistakes and the different things, he, he still he finds times where, where he's worshiping God, where he's trying to seek God. And I believe his intentions were good. But early on in his life, he fell into that hole in his battlefield as he was navigating his life. He fell into that trap of insecurity and he never came out. And you know what? I dare to say he never even realized he was there because he navigated all the days of his life, every day, every decision, every perspective, he navigated from that hole of insecurity that he lived in. And what was the result in his life? His purpose, those who he was given authority over, his very life, his family, meaning future generations, were all destroyed as a result of his insecurity. Girls, we've got to be on the lookout for the trap of insecurity. We've got to refuse to step into it. Our insecurity will always adversely affect those around us. It's never just about us. But sadly, most often, people don't even realize they're battling insecurity when they are. And since it goes against the grain of insecurity to admit our faults. We definitely don't want to admit we're insecure when we are.
Security is found where the focus is on God. When we simply believe what he says about who we are, about what he's called us to do, when we simply choose to live according to his spirit, to let his spirit be seen in us in every situation. And when we choose that life, when we choose to believe him and just be secure in what he says, you know what will happen? It will produce this supernatural security in our lives that brings safety, that brings this incredible sense of peace and protection in our lives. It keeps our focus and our eyes on God, and it keeps his purposes right smack in the center of our lives. We won't worry about what other people think because we know what God thinks. We won't worry about what's going to happen down the road or what's coming in the future because we're confident of what God says. We're confident that we're in his hands. He's got it. He's got us. In Proverbs 31, verse 25, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. Some translations say she smiles at the future. Other, another one says she laughs at the days to come because she's secure in God's hand, in his promises. She lives with confidence. The woman God's created us to be, this Proverbs 31 woman, lives with security, the confident assurance of God's word, knowing that he'll do what he said he's going to do. And we don't need to fix our eyes here. If we just fix our eyes on him, it will unfold and pour through our lives day after day after day. I want to pray for you this morning. Why don't you just bow your heads right where you're at? You know, God in his grace and love and mercy is so good at just revealing to us little areas in life where we need to make adjustments. And just as he whispered to my heart that day that shyness was selfishness, that my eyes had gotten on myself, I just believe that there's some here today and he's just whispering some things to your heart. There's some areas that need adjustment. God is our wonderful, loving, heavenly father. He never shows us things to condemn us. It's because he's pouring out his love to us saying, come on, sweetheart. I want you to be free of this because there's more ahead. I don't want you to live navigating life from that hole of insecurity, seeing everything from that perspective. I've got more for you. I've got better things ahead. Just let him speak to your heart right now. And just whisper to your heart areas where you need to make adjustments. And know that he's right there to help. Father, I just thank you for your word, God. God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us so 
very much. And you just want us to believe you, to be secure in what you've said to us, not trying to find security in ourselves and in approval from others, in any of that, but only from you, God. And Father, I just pray that right now you would just reveal to women just areas where you want to set them free today, God, where they've been held in that trap of insecurity. It's been long enough. And Father, I pray that right within their own hearts this morning, they'll make that determination to say enough is enough. I'm going to believe what God says about me. I'm going to believe that he loves me. I'm going to believe that he wants to use me, that he's with me, he's for me, that he can be seen in me. I choose to believe it. Just tell him this morning. God, we choose to believe your word. And right now, God, all of the negativity that's ever been spoken over our lives, the lies that others have said, the lies from the enemy, the thoughts of, of insecurity because our eyes were on ourselves. God, right now, we just give it all to you, God. Ladies, maybe that's you, and maybe you've just been caring so much. I just, just want you to do something. If that's you, just put your hands out in front of you. Cup your hands with those things in them, those lies, those words that have been spoken, the thoughts, and just throw it up to heaven. Just as a sign of, God, I'm giving it to you. God, I'm giving it to you. We just give it to you. And Father, I'm asking for freedom in women's lives right now. In Jesus' name. God, I pray that just as you spoke to me and that light bulb went off and that revelation brought freedom, God, I am asking for freedom right now in women's lives complete freedom once and for all, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And ladies, while you're